Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 428th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour, to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will join next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is attending the Arnold Palmer Invitational Golf Tournament, of course, at Arnie's Course in Bay Hill up in Orlando, which was won yesterday by Bryson DeChambeau, who... uh, Battled it out down the stretch with Lee Westwood and drained a four or five footer to win it uh, on the 18th and had quite a reaction to say the least. Of course, he also had a 377 yard drive, which is just a monster drive uh, as well. And for me, it was great to go up. I went on opening day Thursday. Uh, it was my first live sports event that I've attended in a year. Uh, I'm sure there's uh, legions of people out there would say the same thing. Uh, my last sports event with people was Boston Bruins at Tampa Bay Lightning last March, almost to the day, uh, which was uh, a wonderful event. And then COVID arrived, as we all know. So it was great to get up to a golf tournament. Uh, can't imagine a better entree into uh, going to my first sports event in this uh, COVID era. But it was uh, obviously limited attends- attendance, social distancing, which is really easy to achieve at a golf tournament, um, especially when it's limited attendance. It was just great to see a crowd again, a gallery, and the course is spectacular. The spirit of Arnold Palmer is everywhere with uh, quotes all over the course, similar to uh, when you go to Disney World and uh, you constantly see quotes written on walls, what have you, posters of Walt Disney. Uh, Great quotes, by the way. And it was the same at Bay Hill which was Arnie's course. Uh, I've been there before, not for the tournament, but just stopping in. The clubhouse is, uh, was basically his headquarters when he and uh, lived there. And, uh, and it was just uh, a fabulous setting. You can feel the spirit of Arnold everywhere. Uh, and, and one of the quotes that I was thinking of yesterday was, to if you're going to play, play boldly, and certainly Bryson DeChambeau did that yesterday. Uh, when you hit a 377-yard drive, you are playing boldly, no doubt about that. Uh, again, just a beautiful course, uh, very challenging uh, for the players who really turn out to respect and honor Arnold's memory. And so it's always a, a great take, uh, great tournament on the Florida swing, uh, which is now underway. Players coming up, the Honda Classic, the Valspar. Uh, so it's great. And uh, just really, uh, when you drive into the Bay Hill area, it's just a spectacular neighborhood. It's literally located 
and takes up a lot of a beautiful residential neighborhood, uh, not all that far from Disney World, and uh, it's massive, both the course and the neighborhood, so the drive-in was just spectacular, and uh, given current COVID conditions, what have you, the parking was available right on the course, which was great, park your car and walk onto the course, so it was just really a top flight event, I feel privileged to have been able to go, and uh, good to get that uh, return to sports events under my belt, let's hope it's the first of many in the coming months and and years as uh, life uh, and sports starts to return to normal. Well, my low light of the week, speaking of golf, is the uh, is Phil Mickelson dropping out of the top 100 world golf ranking for the first time since 1993. That's nothing short of amazing. That's coming up on 20, 28 years, uh, and he was on it for 1,425 weeks. He was not at Bay Hill this week. He, as many of you know who follow golf, he's basically been uh, ripping it up on the Champions Tour. No surprise. Almost seems unfair. Uh, Phil Mickelson, in his first year of eligibility, just, uh, again, ripping it up on the Champions Tour. I think he's won a few tournaments and just doing great things. So he's sort of back and forth between the two. Uh, but again, he did drop out of the top 100, which is just so strange. Uh, I guess he has the all-time record at 1,425 weeks. Well, my bizarre story of the week is the NBA All-Star Game last night, uh, a game like no other uh, All-Star Game before because of COVID, and it was a great ending where uh, Damian Lillard. Certainly showed it was game time by literally just uh, walking over midcourt, one step over midcourt, dribbling the ball, one step, and just launching and swishing a three-pointer to win the game, which was basically structured that the first team to 170 points won the game. And his three-pointer put them right at 170. He was on LeBron's team. And so it was just so impressive. And this came on the heels of, you know, Steph Curry putting on a three-point show as well. Again, he hit a shot from near midcourt and a couple other <laughs> just ridiculously long shots. Uh, you know, the best shooter the game has ever known, and he showed it and he preceded it. Uh, it was a different kind of day because rather than the big weekend that they always do, of course, everything was just condensed into yesterday and last night. Uh, but Steph won the three-point competition, perfectly fitting. I think it's his second. And he won it on his last shot from the corner with the, quote, money ball. And, uh, you know, was there ever any doubt that he was going to uh, win the three-point competition? He was, uh, you know, going back and uh, competing against at the end, Mike Conley, Jason Tatum had been in the mix right up to then. So it was just great. Uh, Steph is just the guy who should win the three-point competition. And just before we close out this segment, interesting news coming out on All-Star Sunday with uh, Blake Griffin, uh, who's leaving the Detroit Pistons, uh, signing with the Brooklyn Nets, who now have Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and now Blake Griffin. That is an all-star team. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. 
the Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Inglehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Brave Hearts Radio with Brian Reingold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, John, how are you? Great to be on your show. Well, great to have you on, as always, and... Timely, as always. Uh, first off, congratulations to Alabama, a team that you uh, and school that you cover, and uh, they won the SEC regular championship, regular season championship. It's official, so they are in the tournament. And congratulations to them. We talked a lot about them in recent weeks, uh, a little more each week, and. Now, uh, the tournament is basically at hand. So, once again, good for Alabama. Yeah, John, you know, this is the first time they've won the regular season since uh, 2002. So that's 19 years. That's, a, that's almost two decades. So, that's wow. uh, pretty efficient for Nate Oates to be at this point in his second year as the head coach at the University of Alabama. So, he's made quite a bit of progress. They have a uh, a lot of depth on their roster, and they're very similar type players, John. They're all between, let's say, 6'3 and 6'9, and they're long and can defend. They have enough quickness to affect the other team. So, you know, really this season, John, it's defensively that they've improved. You know, they were way down in the uh, defensive efficiency statistics last year in the 100s or something way down there. And now they're like in the top five. So that's the difference. They, they're going to score a lot of points in NATO system where they shoot the three pointer or they drive hard and aggressively to the basket for the two point shot or they kick it out for the three point attempt. So, you know, that was exciting last year to have him come into the program, score a lot of points, but they couldn't guard anyone. And it, it just led to a, uh, about a 500 season, a little bit over one or two games over. 500 before we had the virus situation shut everything down. So Alabama has uh, tied the school record for a 16 win, 16 and two, which is the 1987 team with Derek McKee, Mark wow. Godfrey, Jim Farmer, Terry Connor, James Jackson, Jackson, Michael Anzi. They had five people averaging double figures on that team. This team's got four. So and they and it's funny. I was looking up the statistics, John. They both averaged about 80 points a game and surrendered 70 those two teams. Okay. Wow. 
that's just yeah. amazing. It's I so did. impressive. Um, yeah. so their final record was 16 and two. Uh, in the conference, right? And they're in the conference. 21 and six, right? 21 and 21 six at the six moment. They had, yeah, yeah. The, the, that's the only one of the concerns I have about the team, John, is the the four losses. And of course, it was early the non-conference schedule. Stanford beat them. I think it was by 17 or 18. Clemson the tight ball game, fairly close. Uh, they lost to Western Kentucky, who was a substitute for Houston. I that would have been an excellent game to have Houston come to Tuscaloosa, but that was canceled due to the virus. Houston had some issues, but Western Kentucky came to town and beat them by four. I think it was 76-72. And you know, Rick Stansberry always has good players on his team, so. It was going to be competitive. They didn't, they didn't, I didn't think they, they would beat Alabama, but they did. And then they lost to Oklahoma on the road, the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Oklahoma was missing, I think, their best player and another player. So that, that was disappointing. So those four losses, um, that's, that's a little bit of a concern. And the other teams they beat, Jacksonville State, Furman, East Tennessee State, Providence, and UNLV. So, But I think they're much better now. And they've been winning lately with the defense. Uh, they scored 88 or 89 points the other day against Georgia. Who they had scored 115 uh, league record when they played them in Tuscaloosa, and um, so. But I think they got a good chance. The only problem I see is if a big man is on the other team and Alabama's having a tough day shooting the three, and you're going to go back and forth on the twos. They have somebody more reliable in the paint to score consistently. But Alabama's going to have to use their defense and. Uh, that scrappy play on on that side of the ball to win the game. All right. Um, AP, is there anybody we should be watching for? Uh, star players, that type of thing. Uh, it sounds like they have a very balanced team, obviously, but uh, anybody in particular we should be keeping our eyes, uh, eyes out for as the tournament uh, begins basically uh, next week. Yeah, you have John Petty Jr. He stayed for a senior season. He was a type of player Kentucky flirted with, but he ended up staying and stayed and coming to Alabama. And Herb Jones is a left-hander that can take a lot of charges. He's about 6'8 and can get to the basket um, on occasion. And he's been, you know, their leader. He's a senior. And then Jordan Bruner, John, is 6'9", three-point shooter, a good passer. He's a transfer from Yale, matter of fact. And, oh, wow. Uh, then Alex. Yeah, yeah. Transfer. He he can light it up from outside. Bring that big man uh, uh, beyond the arc and create some lanes for the the people who can drive the basketball for Alabama. And then a freshman, Josh Primo from Canada, about six five, six six. He's kind of lengthy and he's good going to the basket. Has a nice three point shot. And I look for big things from Josh down the road. And then Jaden Shackelford is a. a Six three guard left hander out of Hesperia, California. Not the most athletic, but very very crafty and skilled with the ball. And he he'll take a shot coming out of the locker room. I mean, he he has no <laughs> conscience, no fear, and which is good because in that yes, system, you, you, you know, players. Nato's wants him to put up that three point shot with with confidence. So that's important. Yes, those are the kind of players you want on your roster. Uh, but it sounds like what you're really telling me, you've kind of already uh, alluded to it, that they are a really, really well-balanced team, and that's probably their calling card. Yes, yes. And, and that type of system, John, when you're asking people to shoot the three-pointer every night, every night ending in a Y, right, uh, you, you better have some <laughs> people on your roster that can make shots, and you need to have depth, and they do. They have nine or ten people that they can insert into the game and they can play defense and score from different places on the court. You know, all, all of them, matter of fact, I'm trying to think of one player that can't take the three-pointer, and then I, I really can't off the top of my head. That's great. Boy, that's exactly what you want, uh, and that's the kind of thing that's wonderful to have during the tournament. Um, and speaking of the tournament, as we all know, uh, again, conference championships this weekend, selection Sunday, uh, I assume will be this Sunday. Uh, and I say assume only because, you know, in this crazy world <laughs> where the entire right. tournament's going to be played in, in, in the state of Indiana and in the Indianapolis area yeah. specifically, but on the assumption that of course it's Sunday night as always, uh, following the conference championships, uh, 
You know, I guess we don't have to ask what regional we think they might go in, but what seed do you think they'll end up being? <laughs> right, right, right. It'll we've be the Indiana. The Indiana. Region, I think it's safe to say. <laughs> it'll, it'll be the one right. they hold in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, I think they're, they're looking at a two-seed, John, and that's coincidental with the 1987 team, who was also a number two seed. Um, they played a couple of games in Birmingham before going to Louisville and getting uh, upset by the Providence uh, team led by Billy Donovan and Rick Pitino. They made it to the Final Four. But it looks like Alabama this year should be a number two seed. So for them to leave a legacy, they still have the SEC tournament to play this weekend. They're the number one seed, and I believe they're matched up against the winner of the Kentucky-Mississippi State game. So okay. that'll be, um, yeah, they'll play that game on uh, Friday. I believe that's 11 Central Time. So it just depends if, if Kentucky wins that game, which I think they they might, they should, but I'm not sure if they're motivated in John Calipari. He doesn't even like playing in that tournament, John. He doesn't even like playing in those conference tournaments. So uh, really? he might want to turn out the light. Yeah, he might want to turn out the lights for the season. Possibility. Yeah. Uh, again, we talked about this extensively last week, but it bears mentioning again, you know, this is a year where the Blue Bloods uh, have fallen. Um, start with Duke. They lost to North Carolina. I watched some of that game on Saturday evening. So I think they have a 500 record, literally 11-11. And it feels like uh, their only chance to make the tournament is to run the table and win the ACC tournament, which would be an automatic bid. Um, I believe, and uh, but additionally, you know, Kansas, Michigan State, North Carolina themselves, uh, you know, and of course, Kentucky have all had subpar seasons given their lofty standards through the years. Uh, so yeah, a year like no other, I keep saying that, you know, but you know, it's just so true, and uh. So, yeah, you're right about Kentucky AP. It's just tough to get a read on them. Um, how I have to ask, how did Alabama fare against Kentucky since they are, after all, Kentucky? Yeah, they, John, they beat them twice this year 20, by 20 points up in Lexington. And then wow. they came to Tuscaloosa. It was a, I think it was below 10 points, but they won the game. Might have been... Might have been a little bit over 10 points. Yeah, so they beat him twice so far this season. And I think this Alabama team, John, they want to have a legacy. And so I think that they're going to approach this SEC tournament trying to win, not just rest on their laurels of winning the regular season at 16-2. and two. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's so important, to, I, I think, to go in on a roll. It seems like the season they've had, sets them up to do exactly that. You, you don't want to run out of gas in the same light. You want to go into the tournament strong. And it feels like, you know, again, given their record, what have you, that, of course, they want to win the tournament. Uh, where is the tournament this year, AP, the SEC? Yeah, that would be Nashville. Nashville, Nashville. Tennessee. Okay, as in home yeah, they of Vanderbilt. Say, like, it, yeah, they call that Kentucky South, I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, would, that would not surprise me. Um, so, okay. Um, and how many games would they need to win to win the tournament? Four, I'm guessing? Oh, it'd be the three, three, John. Just the Friday, the Friday Saturday, Sunday, yes. Yes, they, they have a bye. Week, the top four teams have a bye, yes. Okay, okay. And who do you see as their stiffest competition in the SEC tournament? <sighs> Arkansas is playing very well, and they have a similar type team, and they have a couple of big people that block some shots and can score down low. Uh, Coach Musselman over there, he's assembled quite a roster, and Alabama is funny, John. They they beat Arkansas at home by 31 points, and wow. within the last two or three weeks, they, they went to Fayetteville, and they lost by, uh, I think it was 16. And I watched so some of that was game. That a, yeah, 47-point so, turnaround, right? Right, right. Well, maybe it'll turn out for Alabama as we head to the break here that, uh, y you know, sometimes a loss late gets it out of the system. You know, that's a very debatable sports point through the year, especially when a team is undefeated late in the season, right. heading into postseason where, you know, 
some people favor a loss and just kind of, again, get it out of the way. And then you kind of, uh, one less thing to worry about, shall we say, uh, or one less streak that needs to be, that could be broken. Um, but AP, great, great analysis of all things Alabama and SEC. It's exciting. It's March Madness. We're in March, and it's awesome. Uh, say what you will. We're all happy there's a tournament. It may be a little different. Oh, again, in, in Indiana, state of. And it's going to be exciting, but why don't we uh, take our break now and still a lot more to get to on the other side. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show Voice America listeners welcome back to segment three of all around sports and i'm your host john inglesby to join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we did a deep dive on Alabama and the sparkling season they have as they win the SEC regular season. They're heading into the tournament. They're going to the NCAAs. And uh, quite likely, as you mentioned, maybe a number two seed, which is awesome for them. But there's a couple other big schools out there looming. uh, And not the Blue Bloods. We already talked about that. Off-season for the Blue Bloods. uh, So where we're left at this moment in time, AP, is... Basically, it feels like Gonzaga and Baylor are kind of head and shoulders above the rest for the moment, given their outstanding seasons. Gonzaga, I believe, is undefeated. Not a shocker, uh, given the conference they play in. And Baylor had a little bit of a hiccup here, uh, but they seem to be past that and playing like the team that has just had a banner season. So is that the way you see it? Those two, and and then the rest, although we all know upsets 
always abound. In particular, this year, I think, could be ripe. Yeah, John, I think you have it correct. Uh, Baylor and Gonzaga, and and then you have, let's say, Michigan is that next tier, and then everyone else. I think that's the way it it, it's, it looks to be at the moment. That, yes, um, I agree. You know, watching those teams, you know, like, for instance, I was watching Michigan, Michigan State, they had that game on Sunday, and that's more a conventional style of basketball where you have the big person getting the ball down low and trying to create the stir where you're double teaming, you know, commanding the double team and then throwing it back out for either the jump shot or the drive. So that's a little bit different. Then the pace is slow compared to what I'm watching when I'm watching Alabama. So that's, that's something to contend with. Those Alabama has to play a Michigan, you know, they have, and they play a more physical style, I think. And so that's something different, but yeah, I guess Gonzaga and, you know, Gonzaga, John, I think they've been on the scene since about 99, I think, the national scene. Absolutely. I remember no question. Right. They, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah I mean, they may play in a smaller conference and up in the Pacific Northwest to boot. Um, but, you know, they've been around for decades, uh, you know, as a team that consistently has good seasons, obviously. that's the. But, you know, they were in the national championship game, I believe, in the past couple of years. They didn't win, but they got there. Um, right. So, obviously, you got to the Final Four and the actual championship game. And, you know, they, they, they've been uh, nipping at the heels of the big boys for a long, long time. And it certainly looks like uh, they'll never have a better opportunity than this year for a variety of reasons. Yeah, John, I think that um, Gonzaga, as long as Mark Few is there, they're entrenched in in being in the top five, top ten annually. What happens after he leaves, and I don't know, but schools, every major basketball school has come after him, and he's turned him down to stay in Spokane. Well, good for him. I I did not know that. I'm not surprised. you know, he, he's built a program and, you know, again, he's so close to an actual national championship now. And this seems like it's the year. They have some serious talent on that team, to say the least. They can play with anybody. Forget the conference yes. they're in or the location that they're at. Um, they, they've arrived and have arrived for a while. And now it just seems like it's, it's just there for them, there for the taking. Um, again, I, I, I feel like the structure of, you, you know, uh, everybody being in uh, the state of Indiana for all the games, uh, I, I feel like it maybe favors them. Uh, by that, I just mean, you know, of, nobody will be traveling, things like that. I just feel like the, uh, you know, the settings are going to favor them because it's going to be a little bit along the lines of what they may be used to out in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, you know, and by that, I mean, it's not New York city. It's not huge metropolitan no. areas, you know, no. that type of thing. It's, it's, it, we're, we're at a point now, AP, where little things matter. Little things like that. Right. I, I right. have a sense yeah, they're going to be very comfortable yeah. in the state of Indiana. Yeah. There's, there's not going to be a large crowd rooting against them, John. Correct. I mean, let's say they play a Michigan in a semifinal or Ohio State or some team. Uh, right. I don't know. Big Ten team. It's close by. Close by. Yeah, some Big Ten team. You know, so you can you can uh, be fine with that type of environment. And uh, you know, John. To me, I was just thinking about reflecting back all the years I watched college basketball. I remember when John Wooden was there, and you wouldn't even see the games on the television. And right. uh, once in a while, there'd be a team like a Drake. Would, would be in contention. I think they had Willie Wise and some other people, and there was another guard. And you're thinking, here's a team called Drake. I don't even, I don't even know the location of Drake, but it's in, it's in Iowa as far as I know. But they were contending with UCLA, John Wood, or maybe Long Beach State. Had, uh, Jerry Tarkeen at the time, and Ed Ratliff was an All-American six-foot-six six guard. and had a lot of good players, right? And I remember Ed so Ratliff. Thinking, he was yeah, fabulous. on the Olympic team. Yeah, right. the 72 Olympic team, and Fabulous. and uh, you, I'm I'm thinking about the fact that 
what if John Wooden was around now? You know, Gonzaga would be that team in the West. They would they would definitely meet up, I'm sure. And he'd probably be listening to it on the radio. And and here's this team that we have to look on the map. Where where is Spokane? Where is Gonzaga? Where, where is it located? Number one. And where and when we find out it's in Spokane, where is Spokane, Washington? And uh, how did they get to be so good in basketball? Well, it always begins with the leader, John, right? The leader makes a difference. One person makes a difference. I mean, people who think otherwise, they're very naive because they haven't studied any history in the coaching profession or other facets of life. And uh, so uh, when I think about Gonzaga, and like I said, I think it's 99 or so when I everybody first became aware of that school and their, their prowess in basketball and uh, so I, maybe this is the year, like you said, that they come to Indiana the, the, with all those rabid basketball fans and, you know, Kentucky and Indiana, I guess there's a tie at the top, maybe for the, I would say the state that, that loves basketball. Correct. And, uh, it would be something if, if, if they won the title in the state of Indiana with a coach named Mark Few, who disdain had, you know, you know, he just separated himself by turning down to Indiana and UCLA and all these schools that came after him through the years. Right. No, you said, you said it perfectly well. I mean, you know, Indiana, if it's not the birthplace, you know, it's not the birthplace of basketball. That's where I live, Massachusetts, no. but it's certainly, right, right. uh, the, you know, the hotbed, you know, you know, from John Wooden growing up there to Larry Bird, and just on and on and on. Uh, Oscar Robinson. Bailey. <laughs> yeah, just the list yeah. is endless. Oscar Robinson. Oscar Robinson's one of my favorites there. Yeah, there you go. I mean, Indiana basketball. I went out. I was out at the Super Bowl in 2011 Super Bowl week, and mm-hmm. I was astounded, astounded at how everybody was wearing Indiana University gear, and I mean everybody. Uh, during Super Bowl week. I mean, I, I was right. blown away. And, you know, I, I, I'm certainly well familiar with Indiana's love of basketball, but had not been there. And I was just like, it was a wow. And I said, oh, okay, now I get it. And, uh, you know, and this wasn't exactly, you know, this was 2011. This We're not talking about, you know, uh, 1976 with Bob Knight's undefeated team here. It wasn't like their heyday, as it were. It was just... It's it's in the fabric of the state, period, like it is in Kentucky, no doubt about it. So, good for them. Um, you know, I can just compare it to, you know, Indiana basketball is like Texas football, period. That's just one way of saying it. Quite simply, everybody knows exactly what that means. So, it's going to be fun. I, I think it's going to be great, you know, being held in Indiana. Yeah. I think it was a good choice. Yeah, I mean, it's right close to the NCAA is located in Indianapolis. That's their biggest money maker. They have to have this tournament. They they lost millions last year, even with the insurance policy, as I understand. So they're bound and determined to hold this. And, yep. John, I just, I just hope that everybody is healthy and uh, they can play these games. You'd hate to see a team have to bow out uh, because of the, the virus struck their team. Oh, my gosh, yes, yes. It's just going to be pins and needles, AP. Everybody's going to be on pins and needles day to day. But, you know, they set themselves up beautifully. They're, you know, in that headquarters are right there. NCAA headquarters are located in Indianapolis where the center, where it's basically being held specifically. and, uh, And they're there to troubleshoot. You know, they have all their people there. And will best be able to manage any situations that arise, and I hope none do, but given the type of year it's been, specifically in college basketball, it's going to be tricky, uh, but we're all we're all rooting for them, that's for sure. Rooting for the games to be played, period, and the season to be completed, just like the NFL. That's what we most want, right? Oh, absolutely, John, yeah, no doubt, and especially this year for Alabama, they finally have got themselves in the top echelon of the sport and uh, I just wish that they're able to play every game uh, win, lose, or draw. I mean, have that experience, that that group of players. It's going to be fun, AP. Can't wait. I'm just glad it's here and we'll all look forward to Selection Sunday. Um, We'll certainly have something to talk about 
next Monday on the show, to put it mildly. And uh, we're at our final break, so why don't we take that now? But we still have a few more things to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you are working on your path to enlightenment, may we suggest another guide point to help you get there? It's Soul Healing Conversations with your host, Roz Kincaid. Roz and her guests are making this show a safe place to find balance, healing, and transformation. You'll learn how to manifest the best version of your life. Make sure you join Roz every week for Soul Healing Conversations, live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is the Players' Championship up in Ponte Vedra, Florida at Sawgrass. Uh, the Florida swing is on, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, and... AP, last week uh, on Thursday, I attended my first sports event since the pandemic began, uh, again right here in Florida. Uh, the last one I went to was Bruins at Lightning Hockey at Amelie Arena in Tampa last March, a year ago practically to the day. And, uh, and then last Thursday, drove up to Orlando from here in Tampa, nice and close, and uh, attended the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill. And AP was just spectacular to finally be back at a sports event with people, even though it was limited attendance. It was wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Right, yeah. Yeah, that must have been something. Yeah, it, it, you, you know that you missed the events, John, throughout the entire past year. But when you have a chance to get back, you, I think it just reinforces why you like sports and just or, just or just being around a large gathering of people. Yes, yes. And, you know, personally, I can't imagine a better entree into a, you know, COVID-era sports event than golf uh, and big-time golf. I mean, there's, you know, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, need I say more? Obviously, PGA stop with lots and lots and lots of big names and a beautiful course. Uh, I had been to the 
course before, but never to the tournament. Uh, you know, just out of, you know, I grew up with Arnold Palmer. He grew up in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, an hour away from where I grew up. So, you know, a few years back, I just took a drive up and parked in, uh, in just a basic normal day and, uh, you know, walked around the clubhouse, which was basically his office. Um, and it, it was like a museum. And, you know, to go for the actual tournament was kind of a dream of mine, given my uh, lifelong respect and uh, for Arnold Palmer as a fellow Western Pennsylvanian. And AP, he is, uh, the course was just beautiful and there was a nice crowd, good gallery. And uh, one of the cool things, AP, you know, for anybody who's ever been to Disney World, there were massive posters everywhere with various pictures of Arnold on them and quotes, Arnold Palmer quotes everywhere. Just like when you go to Disney World, there's all these quotes on uh, from Walt Disney, inspirational type quotes. And, right, right. And they were there for Arnold and it was great. Like that was a nice surprise. I didn't know that was, they were going to be there and it was really cool to say the least and some, and some great quotes. Such as, if you're going to play, play boldly, which is what he did and what Bryson DeChambeau did to win the tournament yesterday as well. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, that's, that's quite a uh, symmetry uh, between Arnold Palmer and Walt Disney. That's, that's quite a duo, dynamic really duo is. at that. It really is. You know, I, I just thought it was nice and, uh, you know, as I read the quotes, they were really great. You know, uh, words of wisdom, shall we say, and inspiring, and it was really fun. And you know, there were some great names there: Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth. I got to see them all. Um, you know, I got there at, a, at the perfect crossover time with, uh, you know, the group, half the field finishing up the morning round, and the other half starting the afternoon round. So I really got to see pretty much everybody. And, you know, there were some really good, uh, you know, Patrick Reed. I, I literally, you'd like this, I was, there was a fairway crossing and the players hit their tee shots and I started to cross the fairway. I looked to my left and who's just walking straight towards me, towards his ball, but Patrick Reed, a mere 20 yards away, <laughs> if that, walking right at me towards his ball. So, you know, it's a cozy, cozy setting, but a very challenging course. So it was really cool, you know, and there's stuff like that going on all day long. So really glad I did it. Like I said, at some point you need to just get back out there. And last Thursday, I got back out there. <laughs> yeah, John, that's a fun way to spend spend the day uh, outside at a golf tournament. And uh, I can't wait to go to a football game this fall. It's Correct. Or even sure. a baseball baseball game this spring or something. Yeah, well, I sort of, you know, uh, I didn't go inside, but, you know, I went to a Blue Jays, for lack of a better word, pregame. I didn't go in the game, but I was, you know, right near yeah. where I'm at and just figured, you know, what the heck, just go up. They were playing the Phillies. Just This was just last week and just went up and, uh, you know, uh, walked around the stadium. Uh, as game mm -hmm. time approached and just soaked up a little flavor and atmosphere. Again, limited fans. Nothing like a Blue Jays game I went to last year, which was a sellout. But it was really cool. And that, that was a nice little hors d'oeuvre to uh, head into golf a couple days later. So it worked out well. And again, slowly but surely, AP, we're getting, you know, it's, it's coming back. Yeah, I think so. With the advent of the vaccine being available by mid-May, I think that we're in a poise to get back to some level of normalcy. Uh, but you never can tell if something else happens down the road. But at least we experience this once once in our generation, and maybe we're better prepared. Exactly, and and you're absolutely right. We're at a point now where. <laughs> Anything's possible, so uh, nobody is <laughs> yeah. nobody's taking anything for granted, and for me no. personally, you know, I had a little window last week, and I seized it to both, you know, 
soak up a little atmosphere around a spring training game, short drive from where I am here in the in St. Pete, Florida, and uh, and then the same with the golf course. That one I planned uh, for, and it all worked out beautifully. The weather, by the way, was perfect. Uh, there's nothing quite like you know this March weather in Florida. It's every day is you know 70s and low humidity. That's exactly what it was for both the spring training game as well as the Arnold Palmer tournament, which was wonderful, uh, given all the walking and whatnot. And just being outside was, a, again, just a perfect way to return to sports for me and I think for most anybody. So I highly recommend a golf tournament if there's one in your area. I guess that's my that's that's my message for the week. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. If you're looking for a way to just sort of put your toe back in the water, that's a good way. Right. Trust me. Right, right. Either watch somebody hit a little tiny ball or a slightly bigger one with a bat. There you go. One or the other. No doubt about it. <laughs> well, AP, uh, once again, thank you so much for calling in for your expertise, uh, your analysis. Uh, you know, fresh off the Alabama football national championship, here you are, uh, you know, following Alabama basketball and a banner season. And, you know, we all wish them well. So can't wait to, you know, see how they do in the conference. And then next Sunday will be selection Sunday, and we'll know where they're placed in the tournament. And off we go. Yeah. Yeah, John, I think that their style of play will attract some additional fans. I really do. Excellent. Excellent. Well, the opportunity will be there, and uh, and good luck. And thanks again for calling in, and uh, appreciate your expertise as well, as always. My pleasure, John. Thank you. Thank you, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.